Willkommen. Welcome to the podcast. That's German for welcome. Oh, why really? can't we just say hello? We can say hello. Hello is also German for hello. Croissant. <laughs> oh, let's not, not go again. back there. You didn't give not it the again. same zest no. that I uh, like. Croissant. Croissant. I, I believe it's croissant. Hey, croissant. how do you like your croissants? I like mine. Well, I've never had a croissant. Crunchy, <laughs> crunchy on the ends, but soft and flaky in the middle. Yes, that is generally how everyone likes butter? it. Butter? Uh, like butter. I don't like, I'm not the it's fan made of the of jam. Butter. But yeah. it's made with butter. I, I just I eat understand them. that. Raw. Do you know that one croissant equals 50 crumpets? Oh, that's bullshit. No, it's Where not. Have you heard that? That's no, just rubbish. No, I'm not rubbish. saying, but it is. Who, who, that is not it true. It is. It is. I guarantee if you stacked up 50 crumpets and broke it down into how much energy is in that 50 crumpets, as in it's like, a lot more as than in one fat croissant. And it, no, no, no. What, what a strange metric. Well, like, anyway, who is measuring it's that? It's like the, 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 the croissant crumpet ratio. <laughs> it doesn't right? make yeah. sense. Well, I'm it just saying. It doesn't make any sense. I thought I was doing you all a favour, but anyway. No. No. Mock me, why don't you? We do, and we shall, <laughs> and, and we will continue it. to do. Um, hey, we had a fun day, didn't we? Yes. Hey, we had fun. I had fun. I, I had fun. Speak on behalf right. of all of us. <laughs> it was okay. It's always that's that's good though for you. That's a big, that's yes. a great day for me. Yeah. Um, plenty on this. We uh, well, a bit of a bombshell with the World Aquatic Championships going on. No, I don't Fukuoka. think so. In Fukuoka, you're absolutely Fukuoka. right. Fukuoka. <laughs> Fukuoka. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lane zero is happening. Lane at the world. zero. Lane zero. That is listen, not a listen, thing. There it shouldn't is be. a lane zero. But I've yes. But no one races in, in it. It's a good. wash lane. He's seen people. I've seen. Who? I've, I've seen Who? them. I've, I've seen, seen them. them in there. I've seen, I've seen them. them in lane Please zero. Are, we've seen them. We've seen them. Can you describe them? Race? No, because I didn't see. In what race? Uh, one of the races I was watching during my show uh, during the weekdays. I don't believe it because they also don't race during that time of the day. Uh, well, it was a replay. I don't know what to tell okay. you. Okay. But it's syndicated and they replayed it. So okay. they, they, there is a lane zero and there is a lane nine. However, there is only eight swimmers. I think so I've worked out one why, to eight. why there's a lane zero. Yeah. It'll have something to do with the Japanese character. Right? They, 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 something to do no, with. No, no, it will. It will. It'll be. They can't have a double figure. Maybe the character for that is so big they can't get it on a screen. There'll be something to do with that. No, Otherwise no, it makes no, no sense. Because you, ra- you race in lane one to eight. No. But you have to have a wash to lane because you can't have a swimmer. We all know about the wash lane. Okay. Right? You're we all me. know about the wash You're lane. You're killing me, Richard. You're killing me. He's seen people racing in those lanes. No. I saw them. Okay. <laughs> all right. I'm getting really angry now. Zero to nine. And then they took someone out of me. lane two. Come back to me next week with who? <laughs> And what race? And I might believe you. I just think that you could just watch it. You could just watch the World of Championship. I have, Championship and I have and you'd not see seen it. anyone in lane zero. I saw them in lane zero and lane nine. Now, you might be wondering, is zero a number? It is because it's counted as an integer. So it is a number, but it shouldn't be lane zero, I believe. Or, and Richard believes. Poindexter. No, thank you very much. Oh, you started the show talking about bees, which is on here. <laughs> talking about was, nerds. I it was pointy Dexter. No. No. Uh, See, who can believe you? Who, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. no one can believe you. You think it's pointy You've got Desca. lane zero credibility You've on this. You've got no idea. None. Um, we had fun, though, on the show. Bledisloe <laughs> Cup. Uh, that's happening tonight. Uh, that's the, the bloodbath. Yeah, Wallabies haven't up. won in 21 years. Mm. Yeah. So it's probably shaping up for another loss. Although Drew Mitchell tried to put a bit of polish on it. Yeah, he tried us. to put a bit of spin on well, it. Well, Eddie Jones does have a very good record against New Zealand. He's so not that's playing. what I'm hanging on to. <laughs> be a little bit more optimistic. Okay. It can't get any worse for the Wallabies. Uh, it can. 
We got down and dirty in the RLPA boycott with Danny Wildler. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I'm over it. But then hang on. Even Danny, who spends his life on the job of rugby league, um, doesn't actually know what all the claims are. No, and there's a hundred of them, as I said. So what the hell? I know it's been twenty months. It's not going to be. Sorted haven't out. they got it narrowed down to just one or two by now? And they've put the sticky tape on the NRL logo, but who cares? Oh, it does nothing. Well, Telstra would care. Telstra well, would Telstra care deeply. Cares, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, Which I, probably pays the players. I don't know. Twenty million yeah, dollars sponsorship. They're getting to the point where they, this is a kill or be killed negotiation, and that always ends badly, of course, for one party. And I don't think Peter Vlandis is going to allow that to happen. No. So I fear that the players need to become a little more conciliatory. That's it. Rusty's Motorsport update. Uh, we think soccer might be broken. Sorry, I think soccer might be broken. Yeah, because Mbappe's getting a, a good quid for playing for Saudis. $1.6 billion yeah, for a year. It. Take oh, it. Take the guys. coin. Take the coin. No gumption. No. No gumption How good's gumption? Do you use gumption? I don't mean it's the household un- product. I know. How good, <laughs> I mean, how good what, is gumption? What would I use... Gumption. Is that a product? Oh, it is. it's like that white, you get it, in, it's like a white paste in a, in a little tub and it gets rid of everything. Yeah. Really? It's unbelievable. Have we got any in here? Well, I don't. We should. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's an unreal product. Yeah, I'll gumption you so I don't have to see you or hear you. Oh, you've been very combative today. Very. Oh, I'm just angry. You must know I'm, how you're coming across. I'm fired up. You I finally dragged you I'm down you to my marks. level. I'm having to listen to this garbage of Lane Zero <laughs> baloney, and I'm not copying it. That's why. Hey, enjoy the podcast. Yeah, have fun, guys. Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Candace Warner, Richard Friedman, and Brendan Anakin. The round, it kicked off uh, on Thursday. Uh, the Roosters, well, they're done. I've put a line through the Roosters. Um, I reckon... I'm putting a line through the bunnies. Oh. Yeah, how are they still in the eight after last night? I mean, they got the job done, 32-18 over West's Tigers yeah. in Tamworth, but it, it was not convincing Candace Warner. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be. They got the points. Mm. Uh, they still got to buy up their sleeves. Alex Johnson, another hat-trick. How good's him? It's 12, Great. isn't it? 12 it's hat-tricks? It's just incredible. Yeah, um, crazy. And Latrell back, it's, it's good signs for the bunnies. Really? Yeah, it is. Oh, no, they I just, I think they're going to win probably all yeah. of their, their remaining matches. But um, I think it's they, they're going to miss out on that top four. And if they miss out on that top four, it's going to make it really hard. That's what could be the problem. All right. Uh, the Storm, they looked back at their fierce and best against the Eels. My goodness, Jerome Hughes had a field day. Harry Grant played terrifically as well, 46-16. Um, that's it's probably line time for the Eels as well. Yeah, Cowboys are building. I tipped this. You did at the start of the year. They're building something, no, is I just, what you said. They are building. So they've won their last six matches. If they yeah. beat the Titans, um, that'll be seven in yeah. a row. But then they I meet just, the Broncos, don't they? They meet the Broncos yeah. the following week. That'll be a huge test for them. I don't think anyone can beat the Broncos at the moment. The way they are playing, you would have to say they are premiership content. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. All the big names. Big names. I'd like to hear some more opinions. Strong opinions. Just be careful of splinters if you choose to sit on the fence. Imagine the splinters. Candace Warner, Richard Friedman and Brendan Anakin. It has been 21 long years since the Wallabies last tasted Bledisloe Cup success against the uh, the All Blacks. They begin the endeavour to break that drought tonight in Melbourne uh, to preview the first match of the series, joined by former Wallaby Drew Mitchell, uh, commentating tonight on Stan Sport as well. Morning, mates. Good morning. Good morning. Now, morning. Drew, I'm just going to go straight to the point. 
Australia, yeah. the Wallabies, they have a shocking record against New Zealand. They've lost 36 of the past 40 matches against them. How are they going to turn things around this Bledisloe Cup? <laughs> it doesn't read well, does it? No. Um, no, that form is uh, duck egg, duck mm. egg, duck egg. Yeah, and, uh, but that's okay. We've got an opportunity tonight. And uh, Eddie Jones has made a number of changes into his lineup, and uh, he's gone for a, quite a, a young and exciting type of uh, you know, selection with Carter Gordon at 10, Tate McDermott at 9. Those guys both went to Sunshine Coast Grammar School. A little bit of uh, comfortability, I suppose, but it's, you know, there's... It's a tough, it's a tough uh, environment to go out there and be tested, and, and I think that's probably what Eddie Jones has got in mind. He wants to know, come when he gets to the World Cup, wh- whether he can rely on these types of guys in these pressured situations, and that's probably what's led him to to make a number of changes to this uh, to, to, to tonight's uh, lineup, rather. Drew, did you so, did you ever play in a, a a winning side against the the Kiwis? Yeah, I did a couple of times. Right, well, maybe two out of two out of eighteen times. <laughs> but you've been in a winning side. So you know what you have to bring to beat them. What what do they bring that makes them almost impossible for us to beat? Uh, look, they, they play at pace. They, they, they win the, the physical contest, and once they win that, then it allows them to play at pace, and they've got options with ball-playing options on both sides of the rock to, to really attack you and uh, you know, all over the field. Their kicking game and their kicking map is, is fantastic with the variety of kicking. So they've just got a, a, like a, a plethora of options for them. And if they win that uh, that physical contest, it just it makes it so easy for them to whether it's Bowden Barrett at fifteen or uh, Richard Mulwanger at ten. You got Aaron Smith at nine. They just got really good ball players and decision makers. So I think that's also why Eddie Jones has picked a really big uh, forward pack because he wants not really a not really have a traditional seven have, like they will uh, you know like a fetcher over the ball like we've had for for many years. We've just gone with big bodies. Tom Hooper's at seven, and I think. It sort of speaks to Eddie Jones's want to to really win that physical battle and uh, hopefully stymie some of those threats from the uh, the All Blacks. Obviously, the Bledisloe's you know important, but the World Cup probably more so. Is this sort of like a trial run, one eye on the World Cup? You reckon you know trying those new partnerships now before we get to the World Cup and it's business time? Yeah, I mean, look, you'd hate to sort of say that you know you're treating a Bledisloe like a trial, but I think not just the Bledisloe, but I think these four. Or all five tests before the World Cup is is to some degree a bit of a selection trial for Eddie, mm. and you know Eddie doesn't have um, too much experience with this group, so he needs to he needs to know who he can rely on, and he needs to know what he can get from these guys in those situations, and uh, and um, you know unfortunately that's that's happening through these four tests. Yeah. So there's a bit of short term pain, and hopefully we get that long term gain as a result. But, just on just on um, their, their recent form, Drew, which has been pretty ordinary. What have you? What what would you? like to see improve out of what they've currently done this through this set of matches they've played? Oh, look, I, I think where we could see some big improvements is just in the effort areas. I think, you know, getting off the ground quicker and getting back into the, the defensive line, which then means we've got a more structured and, and complete defensive line. Those little things, I think we can see big turnarounds uh, in, a, in a short period of time. There's other things, obviously, that need to be worked, like, that need to work on that may take a little bit more time, but the ones that that won't take time in those those uh, effort areas. That the other area, mate, is the is discipline's being poor. And sometimes when you when you're in fringe, it might be because of the pressure coming through in a scrum, technique's not quite right, or whatever it might be. You can kind of excuse some of those, but the ones you can't excuse is when the ref's screaming at you in a meter away, telling you get your hands off the rock and you don't listen to him, or mm. you're offside because you're just being lazy. Those types of things again, they there can be a huge shift in a short period of time. So hopefully we see those uh, those changes tonight. 
Drew, um, Eddie has a really good history against the All Blacks. Of course, he coached England to a World Cup win over them in 2019. What do you think he's going to say to them before they run out tonight? Uh, I think he's just going to – like, it's, it's about the start, Candice. It's, he's just, they've got to go out there and start fast. And, you know, like, it's, it's, it can sometimes be hard to sit there and tell a group to, to believe in themselves when they're coming off two, two losses and, and no other shared experience from that coach. But – They'll, they'll be gaining some some confidence from what they're doing at training and some belief through that. But ultimately, they've just got to start fast because the All Blacks have been like tremendous in the opening sort of twenty minutes in the two test matches this year. And after that, like once you start to give a team like the All Blacks a bit of a start, then you know it's almost like gates closed. So it, it, I'd say Eddie Jones will be trying to fire some sort of belief in them. Yeah, um, please win. Light a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of a fire, up and and uh, yeah, and then also I think just. Just enjoy the occasion. There's going to be more than 85,000 down here at the MCG. Yeah. Uh, you know, the majority of those will be Australian supporters. And just, uh, you know, go out there and feed off that as well. Don't be don't be overwhelmed by it, but feed off it. We like being underdogs as well. We'll take it. Uh, and the last For person... 20 years? The last person to coach us to a, a Bledisloe Cup victory? Eddie Jones. Wow. He's back in the helm. There you go. Uh, there watch go. the Bledisloe Cup this Saturday night. Well, tonight, 7 o'clock, ad-free live and on demand in stunning. 4K UHD on the home of Rugby Stand Sport. Drew Mitchell, have a great call. I will talk to you soon. No worries. Thanks very much. Thanks, Thanks Drew. Candice Warner, Richard Friedman and Brendan Anakin, the Triple M Dead Set Legends. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. All the big names. Big names. I'd like to hear some more opinions. Strong opinions. Just be careful of splinters if you choose to sit on the fence. Imagine the splinters. Candice Warner, Richard Friedman and Brendan Anakin. If it happened overnight... That's how you host. In the Triple M Dead Set Legends Sports Update. The Ashes, Candice Warner. What happened overnight, my friend? All right. Well, in the... Uh, well, Pat Cummins. Well, he finally won a toss. His first toss over in England. So He always goes tails, right? Yes. yes. And he uh, sent England into bat, yes. the overcast conditions. England were all out for 283. Now, and Australia... Should have been out for under 200. Oh, if you ask yeah, me. Yeah, there was a lot of drop catches. Drop catches, not great bowling to the tail enders again. Yep. Um, I anyway, Australia at the moment are 12 runs ahead, 295 uh, going into day three. However, they could have been all out for under 200 as well if the, the, the tail hadn't wagged. Yeah. Murphy, Cummins. Yeah, well, they're, well, Cummins is still in. He's um, on 36 and Josh Hazelwood is six off seven balls. I like Todd Murphy. I still feel like he should have played in Manchester. That was a solid 34. We needed that. Yeah, he, he did really, really well. They must have, because I asked you, because I was painting last night to the Barbie soundtrack and don't ask, that's a story for another time. Because um, uh, we're only up by 12 runs. I asked you if there was any weather, but they just scored really slowly. Yeah, I'm not really sure what was going on. I, I obviously, I love it when they score a little bit faster, but um, it's tricky. Very yeah. hard conditions. Um, so minus nine off 82 mm. with a strike rate of 10.98, which is uncharacteristic like for him. Um, but then Steve Smith came in 71. Not That was a, we needed Solid that. Um, but yeah, they just... Middle order. I mean, it's They're brittle. It's, it's tricky. The middle order has been brittle for a long time in Australian in Australian uh, cricket, in my opinion. Well, I'm only a fan. I got no skills. Yeah, but, but in uh, saying that, Mitch Marsh has stepped up at, at Leeds. He he got a really good hundred. Travis Head's been good for a little while now. Yeah. What about Dave? Yeah. Okay, so, here we go. No, it's been a bit of a pile on on Dave. They're, yep. they're all you know saying, oh, he's done. He's you know, is he going to be there anymore? And how's Dave coping with that? Uh, I think he's pretty good. Uh, it's it's been a really 
long tour in the sense that they've uh, this is their sixth test match over there. They had the World Test Championships earlier. The thing with Dave, he he thought he put it to bed before the I think it was either the Ashes started or the Test Championships in saying that if form allows him, he will retire in Sydney after the third Test match against Pakistan. Uh, they're still asking him. A rumour popped up during the week saying that he was going to renounce his, announce his retirement after this test match and so was Steve Smith. That isn't the case um, yeah. at all. That was just a rumour that I think um, Michael Vaughan started on Fox Sports and uh, yeah, you know, like it's just it's always the case with David. And I, I he's a bit of a lightning rod for that sort of well, criticism. I would like isn't to he? speak to it's unfortunate. I mean, I should speak to the journo's, and and I'm starting to think it's obviously clickbait. He's one of those figures that's very polarizing. Polarizing. Mm. You either like him or you don't like him. So either way, you're going to click on that story. Mm. The headlines are always sensationalized. I mean, if David gets a. A uh, hundred at home. Oh, it's on a flat track. He's one of those people that whatever he, he can't does, win. Yeah, he, yeah. they're going to criticize him. And I know people are going to say, "Well, you're just his wife. You're just going to. You're always you going to stick up with him." Yeah. But that's the facts. Yeah, it is. Oh, he's been it's, a champion. it's the actual facts. No, it was, you know, you, you, let's think back to some of Dave's great yeah. innings. Mm. They've been, you know, sensational. And I just think it's unfair that he's not. The, he's not the only one who's finding it tough. There's yeah. plenty of batsmen over there. Finding it tough. On, well, that's on our right. Team. And I mean, on three occasions last night, um, the opening partnership were out for forty nine. So once Dave got out, um, it was a forty nine. But so that's basically fifty. Yeah. So that would have been their fourth uh, fifty run opening partnership. Now the average opening partnership in the last decade in England for any country is twenty eight. There yeah. you go. So as a as a partnership. They're doing well. Yeah. Very quickly, what do you think of um, the English trying to skew the rules of Test cricket to suit them? Have you seen this during the week? The well, Joe Root asked, obviously after Manchester was rained out. Um, this is this. I'm quoting him. It doesn't get dark here in England until 10 p.m. in the summer. Why can't we just play until we bowl the overs? Look, I agree. With you, that. Well, that wouldn't be in the spirit no, of cricket. No, it's would not it? in the spirit of cricket. Not in the spirit but of I cricket. I don't understand why they can't get the allotted overs in, especially you know in England. They start at 11 a.m. And now they're asking for a reserve day. A reserve day. I mean, two months ago they were saying we needed a four-day test match. You know and now what? they're saying we need six days. It's, 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 I hear this. I have to deal with racehorse trainers all the time. Everything is based on what suits them right now. That's mm. right. And then two weeks later when they're in exactly the opposite position, oh, oh no, 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 that you shouldn't be doing that. You know, it's just it, – it's it's – you just got to ignore it. Well, they were saying if, um, for example, if this Ashes series, a five-test match, um, they had a, a reserve day. If they had a reserve day, it would cost an extra $3 million yeah. to have that reserve day. We don't need it. Most test matches are over in three or four days yeah. now. And who's buying a ticket to the reserve day? Well, that's right. <laughs> just in but case. They, but they still would have to have the catering ready. It's it just it's not happening. Mm. So, yeah, at one side of the story they're saying it needs to be four yeah. days it's not entertaining enough and let's put it straight but unless it's a an ashes or australia versus india test matches are generally over and done with fairly early uh, listen i don't know why anyone wants to tamper with ashes cricket look at the series we have got and have had you know it's just brilliant don't leave touch it. it just leave it well i'm leave looking it forward alone. to these um second innings by both teams yeah. can australia win the ashes or is it just going to be retained Candice Warner, Richard Friedman and Brendan Anakin, the Triple M Dead Set Legends. I think uh, footballers in soccer might be broken. I think Why? it might be broken. Why? What's wrong with it? This is silly. 
Uh, Saudi Pro League Club Al Halal uh, have submitted a world record. Now, this is all in Australian dollars, okay? $1.6 billion for Paris Saint Germain forward Kylian Mbappe what? for a year. Yeah. But what? For a year. What's your problem? No, not one year. One. That, that it makes a mockery of it. No a, one. A, the, no what? No one man is worth that. It doesn't matter. He's it's worth that. It's only worth the whatever people. someone's going to pay. That's right. Yeah, it's like but, art. It, but it's sports washing of the highest order. The highest order. Okay. That's disgusting. Yeah. Okay. Take yes, it. If it's, it's only disgusting. for a year, take it. You got to take. it. Are you serious? Yeah. Have yeah. To I'm. Take I'm it. serious. I'd take it. He's 24. This is his peak. Have you 24. not seen what happened with those golfers? They all took the tens of millions of dollars sign-on fee. Now they're all back in the PGA. So, but he's That's... young enough to to go for a year, take the money, and then come back. How That's do you think not... the golfers who didn't take the money feel? I don't think it's a good huh? look. So you wouldn't take the money. Now listen. I wouldn't be in that position. No, so they said, to Brendo, me. we'll put a microphone in front of you. You have to leave Triple M and go somewhere for one point something million. For Where, am million million for Where am I going, though? Where am I going? That's the thing. What young Mbeppe could do for his family, for other people's for families. Charities? For charities. Yes, for charities. For all, all the great things he could do with that money and be playing football back in Europe next year. What is wrong with you? And you saw the images of Messi recently uh, who's – gone to Miami and now has a, a a lifestyle that he didn't have before where he can go shopping with his kids, go to the grocery store. I mean, there's got to be a part of him that wants well, that I, sort I, of freedom think, to be able uh, to. I don't think Killian will be living in Riyadh. It dilutes all those other leagues, though. This is the problem. How much um, Saudi soccer have you watched? doesn't matter. I don't watch Saudi soccer. But how much um, MLS have you watched? I watched uh, Messi. That's right. And so you would watch it if Mbappe went there? No, I wouldn't. I don't think he cares Why? if you watch it or not. Yeah, he doesn't care. He doesn't. He shouldn't <laughs> care. He should just take the money and move on I'm to next year. I'm telling you, everyone that's listening would take the money. 100%. It's one year. Yeah, I know. It's only one year. But it's the sports washing issue I've got a problem with. The, the sports washing, okay. But it'd be happen, get a it happens philosophical. everywhere. It, it, if, if you're not going to take the money from the Saudis for sports washing... There are a hundred other things that are taking money from Saudis and a lot of other nations around the world. You could you could apply that sports washing philosophy to many, many things. And and it is a bit hypocritical to isolate sport and say, oh, if you take the but money it's in everywhere. sport, people it's a are problem. washing mm. people, you take the money in business, not a problem. People are mm. washing money everywhere, like your, your gyms, your local gyms, your everywhere. Um, Poker machines, you name it. It might not it matter because uh, he's expected to turn down. The offer to link up with um, Spanish giants Real Madrid. They reckon there's a, well, a contract already in place there. Can I break it down for you, this money, by the way, which would be lovely? Don't get me wrong. I just don't like where it's coming from. I'm thinking, you know what I'm thinking right now? Remember um, DuckTales? Do you remember DuckTales, that show? Yes. And that um, Uncle Scrooge used what? to just. Oh, Scrooge McDuck yeah, in the swimming pool swim full of coins? Yes. Where is this going? For my first that, million. That's what I'm picturing. <laughs> Mbappe just like swimming in notes. Let me break it down for you. That's 95.9 million per month. per week, 3.1 million per day. It's a disgusting amount of money. It's crazy. Think of the good things you could do with it. That's true. What's one good? What would you buy? Yeah, what's one good thing you'd do with it? With Uh, I would. There are people I know who are struggling. I would love to be in a position just to give them whatever they need, and I would receive that help. 
Candice Warner, Richard Friedman and Brendan Anakin, the Triple M Dead Set Legends. Yeah, that's right. We do the show all thanks to our fine friends at Sportsbet. Get that same game multi-feeling this NRL season with Sportsbet. They're dishing out more markets, more offers, bigger odds. Make it a same game multi with Sportsbet to go through some of the NRL markets. Joined by our great mate, Felix von Hoff. Morning, mate. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. Thank you. Now, Felix, what are the odds St. George Illawarra Dragons are taking on Manly at 5.30pm today down at Wynn Stadium? Yeah, well, Manly at $1.42 here, they're pretty heavy favourites. So the punter's very keen on the Dragons, not just the head-to-head 288, but the plus 6.5 line, very, very keen to take on Manly on the road. Uh, my boys, the big cats, the Panthers taking on the Sharks. I cannot believe how short Penrith are in the market. I mean, I know they're top of the table, they're on a real roll, uh, but... This is real short against the Sharks. We've had problems with them over the years. Yeah, look, it's an interesting one. Not many punters are too keen on just a head-to-head at a dollar thirteen, but the Sharks, their most recent efforts against top four sides have been abysmal, mm. to say the least. So I think feeding frenzy for the Panthers here, the 16-point line, I think most punters will be pretty confident they'll eclipse that. Now, can I just quickly say, um, Penrith, they've scored the first try eight out of their last nine matches with eight different try scorers. I want to know... Have you got the odds for the first try scorer? Oh, oh the first try scorer. Let me uh, let me just the, the magic of radio here. Yes, yeah, she's put you on the I spot. I put you there. on the spot, but I am intrigued. Like <laughs> I, I want to know. They've had eight different try scorers. They, they, Hopefully, they, Felix is in front of his computer. And they like, love it down you know, the right the side. They love it down the right side. Toto and and I Crichton think Toto. I think incredible. he's got to be. Taruva. The bookies are onto you there because Toa is sitting at a dollar fifty-seven to cross the line first. And that, so any time try scorer, God, I butchered it. Any time try scorer. Okay, last match here. We're going to talk about dogs or flippers. Yeah, look, the flippers are dollar sixty-four. Punt is pretty keen to take that one, but the total points forty-nine point five. We've had a good run with the total points. The Bulldogs' defense right now is abhorrent at the moment, so the over's been trending to say the least. So over forty-nine point five in that one. That's I do, I've lost my um. Flipper sound effect too. Really? Yeah. That's a shame. To, you know, <laughs> Thank you, Thank you Felix. Thank you, Felix. We'll isolate that. That's right, Felix. You're the best in the business. Do you know, a dolphin has never been heard to make that noise. No, we've talked about this. That is the only sound effect you can get of a dolphin on the internet. Yeah. I don't mind it. You can take that with you. That's a it fact, makes me Felix. feel happy. Um, right. Conditions do apply. Always a pleasure, Felix. Sorry, when are you hearing it. Sorry about Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Candace Warner, Richard Friedman, and Brendan Anakin, the Triple M Dead Set Legends. Richards, a best of the day. Uh, we're racing at Randwick today, Richard. Uh, yes. Well, seeing I tipped the winner last week, yes. I thought I'd Did hand, you? Yes. I thought I'd hand it over to you, Brendan. You can take the tip and I'll critique it. Uh, well, I did. Because you are a punter. I am a, I am a punter, and that's, mm. that's all. That's mm. all. I am not a professional in any uh, any stretch of the imagination. But I do like the first race of the day because mm-hmm. I had a go at you Two last week. Race. And congratulations to you last week. You picked the uh, the winner. It was yeah, about time. It was very late oh, in the day. See. Race yeah, 10. Better late doesn't than matter never. if you yeah. tip winners or losers. Oh, was, it's about time when you Oh, better late than never. I was already oh. in bed when it went across, across oh, the line. What was it, race 10? Race 10, yeah. Oh, I was asleep. I had to wake boring. up. Oh, well, let's go to race one. Race one. Last uh, two-year-old race of the season. Mate, I like the toppy. I like uh, Estriella. That's the number... Five. Uh, the number five, Who's yeah. Who's the yes. jockey? Dylan Gibbons, who's having He's a having wonderful season. All right, what colour are the silks? Yellow. Sort of yellow with a green star on it. Green See, that's hat. how I, if I go to the races, that's what I do. Now, I find out who's the jockey and what colours they're wearing, mm. and that's how I back my horses. Good theory. 
Um, Better than yours. You'd like to go against me. Well, I, I saw her win at Gosford the other day. Very good Estriella. She, she got into the box seat and she went to the line strong. And that was good form. And that's why she's 270. But there, two-year-olds can be a little bit uh, up and down. And when yes. they step up into a higher grade, which this will be, this will be a harder race than she ran in the other day. Um, there is a there is a, a case for one that's had a bit more experience than her, and I, I think the number one infatuation has the experience and the the gate speed, the tactical speed mm-hmm. to get herself into the race early. She could win, and she's at eight dollars. But the, the thing is, she's drawn twelve, so you know it means she's going to be jumping from the outside gate, and that's albeit the outside gate, all but the outside gate, and um, and and that's gonna you know you got to burn a bit of fuel to get into the right posse there. So. Okay. But Lucky and Running could play it. I would take maybe those two in a Quinella. Interesting. Very good. Well, uh, that wasn't my real tip. I coaxed you into a tip. Uh, uh, so now infatuation go. is race one. I actually like plundering in race six because I knew he was a contrarian. He'd go against me. He didn't want to give a tip, but he's given a tip now and I've tricked him. I've tricked him live on air. No. What a thrill. Plundering no, I, in race six. You're satisfied with yourself. And we like infatuation in race one That's or a Quinella. Let's do both of them. Squeeze you and me, Richard. This. <laughs> oh, there'll be a square up. Yeah. I love square ups. I've got some really nasty friends. Too. I know you do. I'm, so, I'm actually a bit terrified. When talking sport 24-7 is barely enough. Do you ever shut up? This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Unbelievable. Candace Warner, Richard Friedman and Brendan Anakin. 4 and 20. We've been there for it all. Australia's original fan food. We're the Dead Set Legends Player of the Week. You're in charge of it, Candace Warner. Who have you got? Well, this week it comes from um, from the pool, and it could be any of our mm. Australian athletes because Done they're absolutely so well. tearing it up uh, at the World Champs. But the Player of the Week is Molly O'Callaghan. Yeah. She has lit the World Champs up, capturing... Uh, Australia's 10th gold medal and also becoming the first woman in history to win the 100 metres and 200 metres freestyle double at the same swimming champs. Now, if you didn't watch it last night, it was the 100 metres freestyle. She pipped out training and teammate um, Ariane Titmus mm. and just came home in that second 100 metres, like absolutely fly. Se- second 50. Yeah, in the second 50. Sorry, she beat, um, no, last night it was Emma McKean, but in the 200 metres it was Ariane. Yeah, and Um, and you know what? Broke a a record that has stood for twenty, nearly 20 years. Yeah, so it was her fourth um, gold medal of the championships, also winning the 4x100 freestyle relay and the 4x200 metres freestyle relay. Now, you think about her coach, Dean Boxall. He actually coaches every single female athlete in that four by 200 metre relay. Wow. So Ariane Titmus, Molly O'Callaghan, um, Shana Jack and Brianna Throssell. So, Throssell. So, I mean, absolutely incredible performance. But like I said, you could have given it to anyone. I could have given it to Ariane Titmus for her um, 400 metre swim. Yeah. yeah. Relay could, team. Uh, it, yeah. Yep. I mean, they're just absolutely flying in it. It's looking good going into next year's Paris Olympics. That, they, they are. That is, it's an extraordinary world champs for them. Well, and I'll tell you what I have noticed that ever since Michael Phelps and, um, I mean, Kata Ledecky is, is obviously still there and, and doing very, very well, but the Americans, they're just not up there like they used to be. I heard, um, during the week, James Magnuson uh, say, well, he's a huge rap on Mal- Molly O'Callaghan. He said, come Olympics time, four or five gold medals, easy. Well, yeah. she's only 19. Yeah. So she's only going to get She's like a female better. Thorpey, isn't she? It's just a developing into a super, an absolute world super. Yeah. And I'll have to, a big shout out as well last night in the men's 100 metres freestyle um, 
Uh, we, we won that again. Yeah. Absolutely incredible performance there. Hey, here's what I'm not loving about the uh, World Aquatic Championships. It's really annoying me and it's a really mild thing, but I'm infuriated by it. Lane zero. Yep. Why, why does it not start with one? There can't be a lane zero. There's a lane zero, mate. No, no, I'm telling a, you, that's, it's that's no, a mistake. I'm not, no, it's not. That's, that's a mistake. I'm not, I'm not having no, it. No, no. The, 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 I think our Japanese friends may have misread something or misunderstood that you can't I'm have telling, a lane it comes zero. Up, doesn't it? Every race, it's lane zero and then one. It's like, We go barrier one, we go box one, it has to be lane one. It has to be. Because you can't come zero. Th- you know what I mean? Yes. It has to be, you come first. Because yes. you, you know, and if well, you're in. If there's lane zero. Are you yes. sure? Where do you finish? There's been a lane zero because I saw two was taken out. So there was no one racing in lane two. They could have easily gone into lane two, but they were still racing in I'm lane zero. I'm taking your word for this. I'm not yeah. on board. I saw it. It really annoyed me. Right. Yeah. But yeah, Kyle Would, Chalmers winning the 100 metres freestyle last night was incredible. And the first male to uh, Australian male to win the Olympic gold medal, Commonwealth Games, and now the world champs. Yes. I can't get over lane zero. Yeah, I know. It's well ridiculous. done, Aussies, but let's do something about that lane zero, hey? They do put on a good championships, though, the Japanese. The, the Olympics were good. This is good. They, they, they run things very well. Very well. But let's, you know. Let's Not as good some, as Australia. Let's do though. something about that lane zero though, right? Yeah. Mm. The port of call for the big names from every code. Big names. Triple M's dead set legends, Candice Warner, Richard Friedman and Brendan Anakin. The war between the NRL and the RLPA, it's intensified during the week with the Players Association extending the player boycott to include covering the governing body's logo on player-worn jerseys. For more uh, on the situation, joined by Channel 9's and uh, footy talk on the listener apps, uh, Danny Wadler. Morning, Danny. Morning, guys. Uh, this is my uh, on my list of grievances and whatever, having to talk about this topic. I th- really? I thought it was going to be talking to us. So I was yeah. like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Dan, Richard here. Big, big fan of the show. Big oh, thanks, Danny. Danny. Thanks, Danny. Richard here, Dan. Um, just bring us up to date on where we are exactly at now because it appears to me like the players, have, they're calling Peter Volandi's bluff here and they're now not, not just not doing interviews, which affects the broadcasters and the fans and that, but actually targeting the NRL itself. Yeah, well, the, the latest thing was the, the covering of the the logo, the NRL logo, which really only punishes Telstra, mm. who pour $20 million a year into rugby league and have been a major sponsor. I think it's around 20 years or so. So I can't imagine uh, Telstra, who provide, you know, in, that way, in a way, money flows back to the players, the broadcasters, again, largely paying uh, the players' wages, I can't imagine any of those people are happy about the, the stance that the the players are taking. And I, I want to state from the start, uh, Richard, that I come into this with no um, leaning towards either side uh, in terms of who's, going, who's in the right and who's in the wrong. What I will say is that I think the way that the players have, uh, through the RLPA, have dealt with the media has been really poor. Yeah. What is the key the key thing that the players want to get from this because they say it's not pay. Yeah. I think it's all about, uh, look again, I'll be, I'll be shouted down by, uh, some of the RLPA people for saying this, but I think it's all about wanting to control the funding. Um, Mm. and, and I think it's a bit about power, um, power and boosting their own situation. I mean, for instance, one of the things they want is, um, to be invited to all of the, the major events and be with, uh, in the same sort of um, plush suites that the chairman of the NRL and the CEO of the NRL is in. Serious? Mean, yeah, it's, that's, that's important to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's well, part of it? I mean, like, wow. I, I just think that 
you know, it's all... Look, there are some, some more, I guess, pressing matters than that, but it's it's a hard sell given the way they've gone about it. And um, I think they've lost a lot of favour with um, a lot of people in the media because um, they've, they've treated several members of the media quite poorly. Um, they've, they've, to some, some journos who uh, probably don't have the, the voice that, that maybe that, that I have or, um, you know, other sort of, um, you know, I don't know, I guess, um, prominent broadcasters may have, they've treated them with a lack of respect and told them that, uh, if you don't change your tune or change the way you're reporting things, players aren't going to talk to you. Now, how's that fair? Yeah, you know, that's this, not fair. This, this is not, this is not the media's fault, uh, but a lot of it's being taken out on the media and uh, in the initial in the initial um, way they presented themselves, they said the media will try and demonise uh, the players. Well, that's just rubbish. Now, Danny, you've got a lot of um, uh, contacts within the NRL, within the players. Now, you don't have to mention who, but any of the players said to you, we're over it ourselves. Like, have you spoken to some of the players and they're fed up with the whole thing as well? Kenny, I, I can honestly say I have not uh, heard that sentiment from the players. Okay. So they're, um, they're ready to keep fighting? Well, it appears that way. Um, but I don't know if all of them know what they're fighting for. Um, and I think that uh, – but, but they're being led by people who think they're doing the right thing, uh, who believe in what they're doing. And I credit to the players for that, that they believe in what they're doing, uh, whether all of them know exactly what's going on, because I don't think – I mean, I, I will put my hand up. I don't know all of the issues. No, no one does. Um, and it would that, seem. <laughs> that, that, there's the problem. Yeah, yeah. And there's a hundred of them. Yeah. So how are we gonna how are we gonna sort that out? I, and, I'll uh, tell you quickly. one thing I know about Peter Volandis. I've known for thirty years. He will dig in, 100%. and he will call their bluff till the till the bitter end. And there's no way I don't think that he will back down. So the players are going to have to look for a way out of it. Well, this is what I wanted to ask Danny because I've heard that Clint Newton he he may leave his role, or maybe it's been confirmed that he he's, he wants to leave his uh, role as boss as the RLPA following these negotiations because of his poor relationship with um, the CEO Andrew Abdo. Is, is this? It's, I wouldn't say more about, but is he digging his heels in as well? Do you think he's playing hardball to look attractive to prospective employers if he does leave? I really hope that's not the case. I really hope that this isn't some platform uh, or a, you know, a catapult into a, another job or a job with the unions or a job mm. in politics or something like that because that that would be not fair and I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't think that Clint Newton would be that sort of person to try and better himself in that way and and disregard uh, his responsibility to the players. No, so I, I, that, I agree I, with that. I, I've known Clint Newton 25 yep. years, I think, and yeah, doesn't I, I really kind of strike me as that He sort wouldn't of guy. be that type of person. But yeah. I did hear that Peter Volandis came out and said he would put Andrew Abdo aside and Clint aside and just get together in a room with the players. But um, from what I'm hearing, the RLPA, they wanted a mediator, which would have been Clint, and they're not happy with that. Candy, so they wanted a, a, an independent mediator, mm. Uh, which they've already tried. Uh, his name was Brett Clegg, and he was a, he was a choice of the RLPA. And from everything that I hear, uh, he's not impressed with the RLPA. So that that didn't work. Right. So now, yes. Okay. So that's so why go? And now I know that the RL are reluctant to go down that path again. Yeah. Given we... that they'd have to bring the mediator up to speed, it would slow the process down. But right now, 
we're going nowhere fast. Yeah, we want an independent mediator that's going to side with us, is what the RLPA is saying. That's what they're saying. <laughs> we always Pretty want much. those sort of mediators. Yes, yeah. of course. Yeah, well, it doesn't make him independent, does it? Well, uh, you've got the, what, the Dalian boycott as well, maybe on the cards. Potentially. And ha- potentially, how likely is a strike? Because that is the top. That's the that's the, the, the biggest action you can take. How likely is a strike? Or are oh. they just bluffing? Look, I, I've been covering this game forever and a day, and, and I've heard whispers of strikes and threats of stri- if it, if the players strike it'll be a disaster mm. simple as that that they will lose all uh hand in this argument See, it'll be gone the tr- the trouble with negotiations like this is when they become so bitter and divided then the loser has to basically resign they basically this is why it's, you don't want it to get to a point where it's kill or be killed mm. Because well, I don't know why it has to be like this. Yeah, I really don't. No, I don't think I really any of the fans don't. do, Danny. That's the th- no. the fans have been really alienated in this whole process, which and is the sad thing. To be completely honest, I'm over the whole thing. Oh, I just yeah. want it done. Oh. I don't care what happens. I just be done Grievances. with it. Grievances, more yep. of them. One. Absolutely, yep. um, and we do. We thank you for your time because it must be fatiguing talking about it, Danny Wildler. Um, but it is, you know, it's part of the news, and and we do have to cover it. And we thank you for doing so. Are you doing great guns on that uh, that new podcast as well, Footy Talk? You can find that on oh, the thanks, listener guys. app. Love Loving it. it every Thursday, and uh, of course, you work on Channel Nine. We'll talk to you soon, Danny. Thanks, guys, and See I really then. enjoy the show. Thanks, Danny. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. All the big names. Big names. I'd like to hear some more opinions. Strong opinions. Just be careful of splinters if you choose to sit on the fence. Imagine the splinters. Candace Warner, Richard Friedman and Brendan Anakin. Time to hear from the great man. Rusty's Motorsport Update. For Bendix. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. That's right. And uh, we must give him a clap I, I reckon today he's reached a milestone of course you can hear the Rusty's Garage podcast on the listener app I believe we got to 100 episodes this week oh. Rusty well yes. done my man yeah. we, we did thank you very much oh, nice it's to good to hear to the full crew too good to hear the old Rustafarian he's oh, Rust- <laughs> we had Rust Bucket while you were gone Candice and we've gone Rustafarian we love it right now in Hungary last week on Belgium this week um, Dan Ricardo's Stats in that I was reading somewhere actually make his performances look better than they perhaps do to the naked eye. I, I agree. Um, there's lots to be positive about. You know, I tend to drink from that cup anyway, Richard. <laughs> yes. The, the, yes. The, the bottom. The bottom line is he uh, out qualified, out raced his his teammates. So good. Good job there. Um, he didn't get get points naturally, but I think brought home a better result than we've been seeing from his predecessor in that car. So good job. Overnight, though, he hasn't qualified as well in Belgium. But you've got to look at this a bit like other sport, I guess, in some respects. A bit like the Lions in tennis or you know, bowling a wide or whatever. He, he went beyond or out of bounds in one of the fastest parts of the circuit there at Belgium. And as a result, they deleted his lap time in qualifying. Ooh. Now, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. But he, he was on for a lap that would have put him about 10th fastest and, again, ahead of his teammates. So I, I think, on balance, there's lots of positives about his return to the sport, for sure. Now, Oscar Piastri, he made a ripper start in Hungary and it actually looked like he was on for a podium. I want to know, did McLaren dud him <laughs> with the pit stop strategy? A lot of Aussies, Candice, uh, share your your thought on this. If you look at the race overall, um, the car started to have a, a problem with its with its underfloor aerodynamics toward the end, so it faded a little bit. Um, 
the, my colleagues at what they call Speed Cafe, an Australian-based website, have debated this during the week. And one of the journalists suggested that the reason they may have done that and given Lando the kind of undercut or leg-up opportunity is that um, they're worried about losing him to a rival team. And this might have been a way of fencing in Lando oh. and keeping him happy. Mm-hmm. I, don't know that I, I don't know that I agree with that. Um, Oscar's being an unbelievably good team player. He's out-qualified Lando overnight. So this car... This kid, they are within reach of a podium, guys. He's got some real potential, just, and it's a good just car. Just on this, Rusty, uh, they usually bring the leading car in the team Correct. in first, and they Correct. they brought they brought Lando in first, and that that Correct. Uh, that is that is unusual, though, isn't it? Well, this is the reason why people that follow the sport are rightly raising an eyebrow, going, "Hang on a minute, that's not." That's not normal. The priority or the choice should really have been on Oscar's side of mm. the garage. But they, they say team game and ultimately the way the car was, uh, it, it wasn't good enough to hold on to that position anyway. And Rusty, it's tight in the Supercars Championship. Uh, it continues tonight. This is one of the pinnacles of the uh, season for mine uh, under, under lights I'm looking at, uh, forward to in this Sydney. One. I love it when they roar around under lights, Rusty. Yeah. It is kind of, um, we don't need to, but it is kind of a shameless plug because they look amazing mm. under lights out there at Sydney Motorsport Park. Great spectacle, great entertainment, bit of pyro and so on. And you're right, Will Brown took the championship lead last time out from his teammate Brody Kostecki. There's only a handful between those guys. The Red Bull cars are close to the new chassis for Shane Van Gisbergen. They're trying to get a little quirky thing out of the, the other car. So he hopefully should be back on form this weekend. I reckon that'll be a great night out there. Really cool. I want to know, Rusty, just a quick one. Can Anton, Anton Di Pasquale go back-to-back? He won in Townsville. Can he go back-to-back? He, he believes that they have found something and that it's more than just the, the extra kind of set of tyres that he had, Candice, from the drama on the Saturday there in Townsville. So they feel like they've found a way forward. This place will be a better test for the Mustang than Townsville was. So hopefully it's closer to the Camaro. I love when they find something. Oh, we've got yeah. a seventh gear. Yeah. Well, hope, oh, my God, we've got a seventh gear. What they find. <laughs> uh, Bendix Brakes, put your foot down with confidence and uh, check out a hundred, the 100th episode of Rusty's Garage podcast. I believe you're um, being interviewed by Mark Howard. Is that right in the 100th episode? Correct, correct. Yeah, so they've um, thought they turned the tables and um, and sort of spent a bit of time on the, the 20 years or so of, of broadcasting around motorsport. So hopefully I don't bore people, but I am going to take the new Rustafarian uh, <laughs> tag. That's, one of, that's my new nickname going forward here. Yeah. I like that. I can't so. wait to see the hair. Greg <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rust, always a pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. There you go. Thank, Thank you. you. When talking sport 24-7 is barely enough. Did you ever shut up? This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Candice Warner, Richard Friedman, and Brendan Anakin. You're consistent. That doesn't make any sense. Now you're going to hear about it. Richard's list of grievances. The 50 cent piece. Yeah. <laughs> what a, what a <laughs> stupid coin. Right? It's no This good. huge thing right, that's got all these corners on it. You can't get them into those machines to get out a packet of chips or something. Yeah. They don't accept them. You carry them around in your pocket. You... They're huge. They fill up your pocket. Is it octagonal? I think it's hec- I think hexagonal. It's, what's, what's 12? Yeah. It's a ho- hec- 12 sides? I think sides? it's 12. No, it hasn't sides. got 12 It doesn't have like 12 sides, I think. It just should be a clock. <laughs> like a clo- well, a clock's round, but go on. You make a good point. It no, is no. a little bit big. It is shocking. Right? You know what it's good for? It's you're putting over the eyes of dead people. That's it, <laughs> right? Because they're heavy. 
Oh, okay. Right. Just that's, in case they spring back that's, open. That's the only thing we could use them for. I think there's a purpose for them. I think we need a 50-cent coin. I just don't think it needs to be that big. It's stupid. What is its purpose, though? We're a cashless society these days. Forget about it. Cash is done. Cash is done. Well, okay. It depends who you talk well, to. If you talk to my cleaners, no. Yeah. No, cash, cash is not, not done. done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cash is not done. There's a lot of people out there where cash is like, not cash done. Is, cash is very necessary for some... Occupations, yes. I understand that, but, but everybody the bum bag cash. wearing type. Yes, well, I, I wouldn't know any of those people. <laughs> no, 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 no. These are more tradesmen. Yeah, yeah. they <laughs> love cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or MCs. You know. Anyway, back to the coin. Back to the coin. The, the coin should be phased out. The coin should be disposed of. Hundred percent. Right. Get a small thing. Get another little gold thing or something. Make slightly different to the other two. But yeah. Just, what, what, what is that thing? Why can't they trade with buttons like I used to I back think, in my oh, day, says Richard Friedman. Right. I think get rid of the five-cent coin yeah, before the Yeah, well, it's nearly cent. gone anyway. It's got no value. What can you buy with a five-cent coin? Nothing. You can buy one lolly. Actually, but you probably can't You can't days. even do that. It used to be down at our local lolly shop, three three for five cents. When I was a kid, you get a mixed bag of lollies yes. for five cents. Give me th- musk sticks, bananas, all in there. Nothing now. Three the buttons worst. and a pearl brooch for that bag of lollies, please. Musk sticks uh? and a, a bananas. They're yeah. the worst. No, they're the best. It's nah. just chemicals and sugar. That's what I love. Yeah, man. Yeah. You got me? If you had them <laughs> in my mixed bag of lollies, I'd be blowing up. <laughs> really? Pineapples, said blowing up. sorry. Um, I just sprayed when I spoke then. You did. Yeah, yeah. sorry. I just... Just, yes, wipe just wipe it off. Wiping it off myself. Anyway, um, we're going to go dry off. Uh, you have a good one. It's the Dead Set Legends on Triple M. Catch you next week.